Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No, my whakarongo maiki extra time, Coravinda Hunia Aho. This week, the All Blacks are in Nelson for the first time to face Argentina. And it's a huge week for the Warriors. The men will play in their first playoff since 2011 against the Penrith Panthers, while the women open their premiership campaign against the Sydney Roosters. Mahi Drysdale discusses his shift to a bigger boat, and silver fern great Laura Langman talks about her return to the Sunshine Coast Lightning. The All Blacks will sail into uncharted territory tomorrow night when they play in Nelson against Argentina. The national side have never played there before and will do so with their most inexperienced side to date. I spoke to rugby reporter Joe Porter earlier who was in Nelson waiting in anticipation for the match. The oldest club in New Zealand in Nelson just beside Trafalgar Park where the All Blacks will take on the Pumas tomorrow night. So yeah, uh, rugby could almost say was born in, in New Zealand in Nelson, the oldest club in the country and we finally get a test in the city that has plays host to that oldest club. So the first test may well be the last as well. We know that it's a real kick up the butt for Christchurch and basically telling them to get their A into G and build a stadium so they can start hosting test matches again. But Nelson wins. They've done a great job. The city's really gotten behind it. Kids, fans everywhere, all over the place. The city's booked out. Accommodation's booked out. It's a sellout ground on Saturday night, tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, a wonderful, wonderful event that Nelson's hosting. They've done a great job of doing it. So hopefully it isn't the first and last test in Nelson. And on that note, it's a new location, but it's also a lot of new, maybe inexperienced faces that are going to be on that Nelson field. So what are your thoughts around selections? Yeah, well, arguably it's the most inexperienced All Blacks team since about 1986. There's only about 17 caps across sort of two-thirds of the starting 15. So uh, it's a great chance for people like Richie Mwanga, who everyone's been calling to start at first side, to show what he can do on the international stage. And Bowden Barrett's rather large boots. We've also got Nani Lamati getting a second start in the road with Jack Goodhue in the midfield. So quite a young young trio there, and, and they'll be put under some pressure, no doubt. And it'll be interesting to see how they react. All of them are looking forward to it, and all of them have the game, of course. And, and Neham Mulmuscata back on the wing. He's running out of time, I guess, to really stamp his mark on one of those wing roles before the World Cup with Rico Iwane, Wysaki and Aholo in good form. And, of course, Ben Smith and Geordie Barrett, the two wing-come fullbacks breathing down their necks as well. So a great chance for the hot stepper to see if he can cement his place in the all side. And he, he's been looking pretty sharp this week, and he's obviously rearing to go. And then you get a guy like Shannon Frizzell, a local Tasman Markor, a player who's uh, born in Tonga originally, playing for New Zealand now. His brother plays for the Kangaroos rugby league team. So a talented family. And he, uh, there's something about this kid. All Blacks coach Steve Hansen just said, just watch him. He's a quiet man. He doesn't say a lot around training, but he's obviously got some physical physical attributes. But have him in there ahead of guys like Bias Hasita. So looking forward to seeing what he can do. Do you think that this is perhaps a mistake, seeing as how informed Argentina have been of late? Hey, uh, yeah, well, you could say that. I mean, Coach Steve Hansen will say, hey, we don't take any team lightly. But and it's obvious that they're running the changes because they do think this is a match they 
uh, are more capable or, or should more easily win than perhaps South Africa or Australia. But you're right, Argentina claiming their first ever win over South Africa, just the uh, in their most recent rugby championship match. So they come into it with inform. Inform. They know the Kiwi opponents because they play them so regularly in Super Rugby now. So that fear element's gone. However, you look at the record: 25. Uh, matches played, 24 wins, one draw to the All Blacks. Uh, they're kind of coming close. Argentina is getting the longest uh, losing record against the All Blacks. And look, they should. The All Blacks should win. They've got a much stronger team, even with the changes we've seen. And it would be a real boil over if the Pumas mm. got up in Nelson. That was Joe Porter speaking from Nelson. The Warriors play their first NRL finals match in seven years this weekend in the opening round of the 2018 playoff series in Sydney. While the Panthers finished fifth on the ladder and the Warriors ended up eighth, a tight contest looms. The two teams finished on the same number of competition points and split their two matches this season, Penrith winning easily two months ago and the Warriors responding in similar fashion in the penultimate round. Clay Wilson spoke to former Warriors and Kiwis coach Brian McLennan about the team's finals prospects and started by asking if the matchup was a favourable one for his old side. Every matchup's a good matchup when you're in the in the semi, so they'll be really excited and um, you know they they would have got a lot out of playing them last time. Like this will be the third time they've played them, probably what about six weeks, seven weeks. So. Um, I'll just be really excited about the opportunity of, of being involved in finals, and it's well-deserved. The Panthers obviously showed what they can do with like some Maloney back against the Storm, who are obviously a very good side. Did you see the game, and what did you make of what they did so well and what's going to be the challenges for the Warriors? They, they started off as a team that was down on a little bit of confidence, but they got better and better as it went, and, and Jimmy will do that. Um, you know, Jimmy's got a fantastic record. Uh, you know, been to three grand finals, won two of them. He's been in Origins. He's played some Australian. He's done exceptionally well. And, um, you know, and he he's their calming influence. He's why they... That's what they bought him for because um, they're kind of a younger team. So he's really important to them. Um, you know, and, and I, I think he's going to make them a better team. And... That makes it a harder proposition than when they played them the last time. Um, so, you know, it's a matter of, you know, the Warriors will have Blake Green back, and he's been massive for the Warriors this year. And, um, you know, and then that's that's going to, you know, hopefully even it out. Just finally, you mentioned there about how close all these teams are in the eight. So, yep. I mean, how far do you think the Warriors can realistically go in this final series? Oh, anything's possible. Um, I think. I think it's just a matter of putting in your best performance and getting it right on the day. And the Warriors, uh, you know, they've they've done that this year. They've, they've you know bounced back and and put in some really good performances. And that's the key. I mean, you just got to go go to Penrith and put in your very, very best performance and hopefully that's that's good enough and I suspect it could be. Uh, and then it's a matter of, you know, they'll come back home and have to go do it again. I think in terms of um, the club, I think they're already a success this year. You know, they've, they've done, you know, they're, they're making huge gains, you know, every, seems like every month they're making gains on and off the field. Uh, so, 
you know, hopefully that can continue. If, if it doesn't, I hope people uh, that follow the Warriors respect what they've done because they've, they've done really, really well and um, and it bodes well for the future. You can only see them uh, getting better because they're on an upward rise in a lot of ways in a lot of areas of the club. So, it's, um, you know, so I, I hope they get the job done and if they do, I hope people understand uh, just just what a great... Um, what a great turnaround and what great improvements the club's making. Former Warriors and Kiwis coach Brian McLennan there speaking to Clay Wilson. It's a huge week for the Rugby League Club with the Women's Warriors also set to take the field for Round 1 of the inaugural National Rugby League Women's Premiership where they'll face the Sydney Roosters on Saturday afternoon. I caught up with the team at Mount Smart Stadium where final touches were being added ahead of the historic match. Under the lights on a cold night at Mount Smart Stadium, the women's Warriors side is finalising its preparations for Saturday's game at ANZ Stadium in Sydney, where they'll be the curtain raiser to the top eight playoff match between the Warriors men's side and Penrith. The anticipation has been building and coach Luisa Avaiki says her players simply want to get out on the field. Anything above what they've already been doing, it's not necessary, it's too late actually at this point. So it's really just about us getting those combinations right, focusing on our plays, executing well, putting in the effort, but getting ourselves prepared mentally really and staying close as a team. And mental toughness will be needed from the outset. Of the 21 players named in the Roosters squad, 10 of them were members of the victorious New South Wales State of Origin women's side. But Warriors halfback Georgia Hale says they can't let that distract them. We haven't really looked too closely on our competition and who we're coming up against. We have been our focus and we've just been kind of looking at our strengths and what we have to offer and what makes our team different from the rest. And I think if we play our game on Saturday and, and go out there and put our best foot forward, I think you know that will set us in a good direction for the rest of the competition. And while their coach Avaiki is responsible for instilling that focus, she's very much aware of the challenge their opposition poses and what she must do to overcome it. They've got a lot of experience. They've got a lot of big players in there as well. And the thing is, it's for me to encourage you know a great roster as well, and they've got the same amount of experience. And just to encourage them to use their abilities and, and to just focus on their own job and not to be caught up too much about who's and who's who they're playing against. The women's games run for 60 minutes as opposed to 80 for the men's and there are a few small rule changes, but the Warriors playmaker Blake Green says that's pretty much where the difference ends. We've seen them doing some hard training last week. They were up and down the stairs and doing bits and pieces. So, yeah, I just it's a... What a great moment for the club to have both teams playing on the same day and really excited for them and, and I'm sure they are too. There are eight New Zealand-based players scattered through the other three NRL women's sides, the Brisbane Broncos, the St George Illawarra Dragons and Sydney Roosters, and Kiwi Fern Chantal Woodman believes that will give the Warriors an edge. I think it's to our advantage in a way because we play them week in, week out in the Auckland comp and to be fair they're just ladies, two arms, two legs, so it doesn't really mean much when you're on the field. I think you'll go a little bit harder knowing that they are Kiwis, so you want to get one up on your family or friends. The four sides play each other once over three weeks before the top two sides square off in the grand final.
One of New Zealand's most successful rowers, Mahe Drysdale, says he's been surprised how much he's enjoyed the shift to a bigger boat. The two-time Olympic and five-time World Single Skulls champion is now part of the quad for next week's World Championships in Bulgaria. The last time he wasn't in a single at a major event was the 2004 Olympics. 39-year-old Drysdale told Clay Wilson it hasn't been too much of an adjustment for him. Probably the biggest difference has been just on the mental side and the focus and the concentration required because I guess what, what used to happen automatically in my head, um, that can't happen anymore because you've got to work with all four of you together and so anything, if I thought I needed to change something, I could just change it. Uh, now you've got to communicate that and make a change together. So that's probably the, the biggest difference from a, a rowing perspective. Nothing has changed hugely. You know, obviously you've got to sort of mould to the crew, but I guess that was something that I thought I was going to have to change, you know, the way that I rode quite a lot. But, uh, you know, the other three guys actually rode more similar to the way that that I did in the single than I sort of envisaged. So, yeah, that's been, um, you know, probably the easier part, but that mental side of things has has certainly uh, certainly been the the toughest. Yeah, as adjusting to that, team aspect I mean the guys sound like they've embraced you and it's just getting your head around working with other people after so long working on your own yeah exactly and and just see that something as simple as is just listening um you know in the single there's no one else to listen to apart from the thoughts in your head so it's just listening and then when Nathan or whoever makes a call that you actually respond and and make the change and that's caught me unaware a couple of times when I've just been a maybe a little bit focused on what I'm doing and, and I miss a call and, and then suddenly I'm not doing the same thing as everyone else. So just little things like that has probably been the, the biggest adjustment for me. I know this boat, in terms of its performance, wasn't quite where it needed to be perhaps earlier in the season. So the, the numbers that you guys and the and how it's feeling out on the water, you guys happy with where it's at? Uh, yeah, very much so. We've we've made you know really good gains over the, the past three or so weeks. I think the guys have done... Uh, really well all year and probably the problem they've had you know with results is is one this field is is incredibly tight two seconds can can be the difference sort of between first and eighth uh and secondly you know they maybe you know haven't quite had the best race you know when it counts in the semi-final or that sort of thing so they're probably capable of of more than than what the results sort of suggest this year and um you know i guess that's what i've tried to bring to the boat is, is a little bit more of that experience and say hey guys you know you guys are incredibly talented so you know let's just get that consistency and make sure that every single time we go out you know we put it together and and that's something that I feel you know especially over the last few weeks and, and since we've been here in Bulgaria it's just got better and better every day so you know I'm really excited about about the opportunities and say we only need a couple of seconds and and could be right up there uh, at the top front of the field. With that in mind, you obviously still have your own aspirations in terms of the single at Tokyo. But what would success in this boat mean for you and, and those aspirations? Have you thought about that? Um, not really. You know, we're very much focused on you know just doing the best we can, and obviously the goal is to be on the podium. That's that's where we'd we'd love to be. And um, you know, I guess if we can get there, then that would be a, a huge success for me. And the fact that I sort of have, I guess, unlocked some of the potential um, in in the other guys. But, you know, what that means going forward, uh, I'm not sure. But, 
you know, whether I'm in it or not going forward, that hopefully that would be the catalyst to sort of kickstart them into going to that next level and, and being, uh, you know, consistently in, in that A final and, and winning medals. New Zealand has 13 crews at the World Championships. The Silver Ferns mid-quarter, Laura Langman says taking a year out from netball has given her some perspective on life. Langman announced she'll return to play for the Australian domestic netball champions, the Sunshine Coast Lightning. Langman played in Lightning's first title win last year, but Netball New Zealand didn't allow her to play for the Silver Ferns as she was based overseas. She took a break from the game this year altogether and wasn't part of the Silver Ferns' disappointing Commonwealth Games campaign. Netball New Zealand has now relaxed its eligibility rule and granted Langman a 12-month exemption so she can now play in Australia and for the Silver Ferns while adding to her 141 test career against England next week. She told Bridget Tunnicliffe returning to the Sunshine Coast Lightning under new Silver Ferns coach Nolene Thodua was a straightforward decision. I certainly absolutely adored my time there when I was there in 2017 um, and to have the opportunity to go back and play under Knowles and Kylie, I definitely leapt at the chance. So um, yeah, it was a straightforward decision for me. Would you have returned to the Silver Ferns if you weren't allowed to play in Australia? Oh, good question. Um, I don't know because that didn't uh, come about. Um, yeah, who knows? I just feel very lucky to be afforded a, an exemption to be able to play both uh, domestic netball over in Australia and then come back and represent New Zealand. So, yeah, it was probably it's something I haven't really thought about. Uh, so what, what, what's really brought you back to the game after, after your time out? Um, oh, I just I felt um, I still had the urge to play um, and I still had that competitive streak. Um, and, yeah, having spent a bit of time um, doing other activities that I hadn't had the time to do, um, I just felt regenerated, and I was like, why not have another crack? What do you think you've, you've learnt in your time off about netball and yourself? I really feel um, like this time round I have a bit of experience, but I also have the um, added bonus of the body that's still willing and able. It's, um, and, yeah, I feel like I'm in a unique situation, which you don't often um, get. So, yeah, I just I feel like I've gained a lot more perspective in terms of um, how I deal with situations. And, yeah, I just think balance too. You, you've, pretty, you've sort of indicated that you took that year off because you needed a, a break from the game. But do you think that you were stressed out as a result of the whole eligibility thing? Do you think you would have, ne- have needed this year off if there hadn't been that barrier to playing in the Ferns? Oh, look, again, it's probably a, like a question, had that, you know, had that situation arise? I don't know. Um, no, I, I definitely wasn't stressed. At, at the time, you know, I had done full circle. I'd started my career with Knowles and ended it. Um, obviously, on, on the Silver Fern realm, it wasn't probably quite the ending that I, that I had been hoping for. Um, but, like, you know, I, I made a decision with the information that I had at the time. And to be honest, I've had a fantastic time. Um, and it's, I think there's been a real silver lining um, in the fact of taking some time out. If anything, I think it's uh, something that I've learned is, um, you know, not to be afraid to actually just step away, gain some perspective um, and see if you want to step back in. Um, you don't always have to be full speed ahead. What do you think needs to change in the, for the Silver Ferns to become successful again? Oh, look, we'll probably cross that bridge when we meet next week, I'd imagine. Um, 
But yeah, I think um, just ensuring that we, like internal competition, obviously first and foremost needs to be quite strong, um, and just to make sure we have the attitude of being better than we were the day before. Do you think that we will see a, um, a difference in the silver ferns pretty instantly? Uh, probably again an observation you'll need to do when we actually get together. I think, um, you know, realistically we uh, do have a really short time frame before our first game, so that first game will probably be an opportunity for us to put a stake in the ground and have a feel of where we are as a group. Laura Langman talking to Bridget Tunnicliffe. And that's all we have time for this week on Extra Time. Remember, you can keep up to date with all of our sports stories at rnz.co.nz forward slash sport and check us out on Twitter at RNZ Sport. Thanks for listening. Hey Corner. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.